Hello, welcome to Inverness Vineyard Church and this is the talk that we had from our first in-person gathering a couple of weeks ago. We had uh, just a couple of wee tech issues so I'm here in our wee office uh, putting this talk out for you and recording this talk and if you remember if you were with us or maybe you weren't with us we are going through a series called There's Something in the Small running it alongside the rest the rest of the preaching team are looking at Nehemiah and I, I am looking at small things in the Bible small things in the Bible and I just want to put up a picture just now uh, just to remind us that small things matter even when it comes to our grammar let's eat grandma let's eat grandma so Poor grandma, we can pray for grandma later, perhaps. Maybe you want to say a prayer just now. Uh, we're going to open up the Bible. And I've been journeying a lot with the small this last wee while. And I believe God wants to speak to us about the small that we bring as individuals, as a church family, in every day. And I've been reading about it everywhere. Like it's been popping up on my phone in all sorts of different places. Judy Murray mother of Andy Murray says it might have been cool to be kind during lockdown but small acts make big waves uh, so she mentioned that also never underestimate how God can do something big through one small act of obedience so this is all happening within a couple of days of each other uh, if you think you're too small to make a difference you haven't spent the night with a mosquito it's very true and then somebody else commenting just on a, a picture of uh, some friends of ours having an ice cream together. Little things equals big things. Little things equals big things. So, the small matters. The small matters. And have you ever noticed how the life and mission of Jesus wasn't a journeyed, it wasn't journeyed with a mega movement of people, but with 12 Friends, 12 disciples. Have you ever noticed how Jesus himself wasn't announced into the world in grandeur with a Twitter hashtag, but in a, a stinky, small stable? We're in good company in the small. And for all of us, we are in the mix of the small all of the time, all of the time. So I'm going to read a couple of verses in Mark chapter 12, and I'll, I'll paint a bit of a picture of uh, where we're coming from with this passage. So Mark chapter 12, verse 41, it says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So I want to paint a little bit of a picture just now for you. Jesus is sitting opposite the treasury and he's taking a break maybe in between teaching, in between travelling and isn't that a, a reminder? You could do a whole other talk about the in-between times, how Jesus often wants to speak to us in the in-betweeny moments that we find ourselves in. The, uh, 
Yeah, I just reminded of that as I was reading the passage. And he's at the actual area of the temple where offerings are collected. And he sees the rich putting in their vast amounts. And uh, the message says, these people, they gave what they will never miss. They gave what they will never miss. But this widow, we read of this widow bringing her two coins. The widow's mite is uh, often how this passage is known as. And the Gospel of Mark specifies that two mites, uh, the Greek uh, is lepta, they're together worth a quadrants. And it's the smallest Roman coin. It's the smallest Roman coin. And a lepton was the smallest and least valuable coin in circulation in Judea at that time. And it was worth about six minutes of an average daily wage. Six minutes. So this is 12 minutes of an average daily wage. And she gives out of her poverty. She put in everything. The message translation of that act says she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. That's quite a picture, isn't it? She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. A step of faith in her small, trusting God. Two things I want to unpack and for us to be encouraged by in our lack, perhaps, in our emptiness. Uh, and I'm sure all of us at some point have journeyed that in the last 18 months and the quite strangest of times, the strangest times of our lives. And much, most of us will be in lack in some way. And there's a reminder in this passage that there's something in the small. There's something in the small, uh, in this act with the widow that compels her to show up to the treasury. There's something in the small that compels her to give up what she has in her hands. There's something in the small that compels her to look up, to trust in her small offering, to trust in her giving away, which turns out to be her everything. I wonder if we show up in the small. Do we give up and surrender our small? Do we look up to Jesus and say, this is everything, have it? Maybe there's a sending out moment from Jesus when we uh, look at this passage to bring the small to him because it's all we have after this last season. How exciting! How exciting is that? Because God's kingdom is full of the small. And as we've read in previous talks and, uh, and the talks we're going to do, small things often with the kingdom mixed in mean uh, extravagantly more than we can ask or imagine. We're often surprised in these moments. So the first thing I want to look at is the world hears the sound of the rich, but Jesus hears the sound of the sacrifice. Uh, a few years ago now, I used to dabble in wedding photography. I used to dabble. Uh, some of my dear friends asked us, uh, asked me if I would take some photos for the wedding. I say us, it is us, because Mary would just tell me where to point and where to take the photo. She had the eye and I had the tech. That's generally how it worked. But a number of years ago, we had the opportunity to go to Cyprus. We got an invitation from our friends who were getting married there and they said, would you do some, would you do some photos alongside the official photographer. I was like, yes, Cypress, love it. 30 degree heat, 30 degree heat. I'll look like a lobster. 
But yes, please, sign me up. Sign me up. So, I bought my clothes for the wedding. I say I bought my clothes, Mary bought my clothes, chose what I was to wear for the wedding. And I had linen trousers, I had uh, flip-flops, I had a white shirt, and like a vest underneath. I looked like I was auditioning for the X Factor, is how I would put that look as I reflect now on that moment. And I thought, you know what, I look good, I look good. And I turned up at the wedding. Every single man was in tops and tails. So the big hats, the suits, the long tails, the trousers, the fancy shoes. And I just took a gasp as I was about 100 metres away from the, weather, uh, the wedding gathering. And I said to Barry, I can't do this. Look at me, my linen trousers, my flip-flops, holiday and all these smart guys, tops and tails in this heat in Cyprus. It was so, I felt so out of place. I felt so awkward. And then the official photographer had the Canon, the latest model of camera. I mean, it, it looked like it could double up as a weapon given the lenses that he had and all the equipment that he had. But then Mary said to me, look at me, look at me, Thomas. You are the photographer. They've asked you to be part of this moment. You bring what you have. And it kind of landed in that moment. I went, Yes, I am the photographer, you're right. And I took some of the best photos that I've ever taken. And why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this little story? Because if anyone wants photos taken, I'm your man. <laughs> some, an extra side, side hustle going on. No, it isn't really. It's because looking around at everyone else and how out of place I felt with my outfit and with my camera gear, I remembered why I was there and what I was there to do. Little old me alongside the professional photographer taking a few photos with my budget SLR camera. There's something about Jesus' commentary in this passage that is beautiful. It's beautiful. Like in this moment when he sees this widow coming into the space where the rich are throwing all their wealth in, he gets a snapshot of this widow's heart. He gets a download of her story, an insight into her struggles. And he loves that she shows up and he loves her sacrificial heart. I have no doubt about that. He rejects the sound of the rich. He loves that she brings her heart her whole life into that temple treasury moment. And she's in a, a tough season. She's in a tough season. That's all she's got. Yet she gives out in faith. I want you to imagine the sounds for a minute that are happening at the treasury. All the coins that are hitting the dish or wherever it is that's being collected, pouring it all in. The crowds of, of rich people doing that. The abundance of wealth. Yet this widow's coins might not have been heard by the crowds, but at that moment with those two coins hitting that dish or that box, it reverberated around the kingdom. The sacrifice, the surrender, the faith, the clinging on to everything that, that God promises. She brought it, and I love that. She didn't feel out of place. She continued to bring her offering. She could very well have thought, yikes, I don't have as much as that. I don't look like them. 
But she didn't. What are we not giving to Jesus because we see the big all around us and we retreat? Ah, this won't make much difference. We think it doesn't matter. I wonder where our hearts are positioned. We could be missing out. I want to urge us to delight in the small, to live in the joy of the small, to rejoice in the small, to trust in the small, to believe that as we give out in the small, it's not only impacting uh, those around us, uh, those around us, but it's impacting our hearts and our story of faith and our journey in trusting Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always found in the small decisions, the small commitments, the small encouragements. The Holy Spirit often does abundantly more in the small victories, the small moments of freedom that are to be found in the small. There is joy to be captured in the small. There's growth to be found in the small. And maybe the invite from Jesus is to not worry how small it is, but to just bring it. I said that we quote at the beginning, too small to make a difference. You know, you've never been in a tent with a mosquito. The world looks and says, how big? How big? How much? But Jesus says, how beautiful, how brilliant. I love your heart. There's something in the small. Let's bring our yes. Let's allow ourselves to step into that invitation in the next few days, the next few weeks after hearing this talk. And then secondly, the world takes notice, but Jesus says, I notice you. Before we had kids, which feels like another world, I don't even think time existed before we had kids. We loved a good people watch. Anybody else like some people watching? Uh, we used to play a little game where we'd sit in the airport or the coffee shop or the train station and we would reenact, we would uh, reenact. Yeah, I'm going to go. We would pretend the conversations. We would imagine, that's the word. We would imagine the conversations that people at tables were having. And we would be in tears of laughter, coming up with all these scenarios and all these jobs that they had and where they were headed and what was going on. And I'm sure folk do it to us now as well, as we navigate Starbucks with our, with our boys, hot chocolates and cinnamon rolls. We are the targets now, maybe, for those imaginary conversations. But what I want to encourage us with is that Jesus sees you. Some of us just need to hear that word, those words. He sees you. You might feel that they are more impressive, more secure, more together, more holy, more stable people in this place. But Jesus sees you. It's very easy for Jesus to focus on the noise of the wealth, the noise of the stage, the noise of the extravagant, the noise of the, yeah, just the hustle and bustle of the wealthy. You can imagine, can't you? Oh, I have six bags today, Jim. I'm going to pour it all in. Look at all that wealth. Oh, you've done well, haven't you? Oh, look, there's somebody new. You come and look how many bags they've got. Come on, let's all pour it in. What a noise that all is. All the coins. Oh, wow. Can you help me with this one? It's really heavy. Really heavy. We're going to need two of us to lift this one up to pour it in. Let's do it. Wow. Wow. You're giving all that. That's incredible. You've done well. But Jesus sees a widow sneak in in amongst the show and bringing her all. Her two coins matter. Jesus sees her. You might feel like the widow today at church. 
in life, this week at work, bringing your coins. I want to encourage you that Jesus sees you. You might feel like the widow uh, at home, bringing your coins, faithfully bringing, sneaking in, in under the radar, doing what needs to be done with no fanfare. Jesus sees you and he loves you. He notices, he knows. And you are making a difference. Keep going, keep on, keeping on. And just as I close, as well as something in the small, there's definitely something in the hidden to be drawn out of this passage. You know, moments that you don't project, but you keep us precious between you and Jesus. I think that's really, really important in our walks. Moments where we could put it on Instagram, we could share it with friends, we could pop it up on Facebook, we could take a photo but perhaps Jesus is just inviting us to have that moment between him and us. We don't read of anyone else seeing that widow in the temple treasury, but Jesus. And I think that's a reminder that he sees us in the hidden places. And there is something really, really important, really, really countercultural, and not sharing everything of our lives in the public domain, everything of our deeds, of our God moments, but keeping some things between us and our Father. Jesus doesn't do life like the world does. It doesn't call us into that kind of journey. And we must remember that, that when we are in too in sync with the world's ways, that something may be amiss. So a man called Cormac Russell, he says, I firmly believe that trust flows from the experience of being treasured, not measured. The widow in that moment was not being measured. She was being treasured. And that is a key reminder for each and every one of us as we bring our small. It's not being measured, it's being treasured. When it comes to the kingdom, it's being treasured. When it comes to the world, it's often being measured. One day a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy picking something up and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, what are you doing? The young boy replied, throwing starfish into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide is going out. If I don't throw them back, they'll die. Son, the man said, don't you realise there's miles and miles of beach and hundreds and hundreds of starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down. He picked up another starfish and he threw it back into the surf. Then smiling at the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. I made a difference for that one. There's something in the small that, that Jesus wants to reignite in us, to bring what we have, to not look at others, to keep some things between us and our Father, to remember and we don't look for the noise of the world, we look for kingdom moments that echo through the kingdom. Jesus loves you, he sees you, and we are called to make a difference. We're called to make a difference. Amen.